Welcome to What Healthy Couples Know That You Don't, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the relationship you truly want. And now, here's your host, licensed psychotherapist, Rhoda Mills Summer. What destroys contentment in relationships? Because it's so easy to do. Episode 28, I'm glad you're here. My son-in-law from New Zealand requested this episode. His text read, Do a podcast on being content with your current place in life. It's so easy for us to think it will be better once we have a new job, new car, new partner, or lose 20 pounds, etc., etc. These things will always bring new challenges, and we will always want more or find new ways to be discouraged. I agree, this is a great topic, so here we are. All relationships begin in fantasy and illusions. We often have absolutely no idea who somebody else is, but we make it up because we are in love. Our imagination is going full tilt boogie with excitement that has little basis in reality. So imagination is usually the beginning of all relationships. Fantasy is a flimsy beginning, but it's what we have to work with if you're a human being. The work of relationships and contentment is to accept more of the infrastructure of reality. Accepting reality means living with the other person's dark side. Of course, there will be things that are hard to live with or annoying or completely frustrating. When it's important, you have to speak up about what's hard and or different that really wears on you. The gay male chief of staff on TV scandal, Cyrus Bean, is in my mind one of the most despicable characters on television to be married to. He would not be someone worth communicating with because he is constantly manipulating, self-serving, and only cares about power. Communicating about what's hard and what's difficult in between the two of you is one half of the messy equation of success and contentment in relationships. The other half of the equation is reducing expectations. People in Scandinavian countries over the decades score highest in happiness research. Why? Because they have less expectations. Expectations can pave the path of misery. Do you accept the reality that nobody gets all the pieces of the pie? When I think about how lovely Michelle Obama is, I think to myself, the price that she has paid is public scrutiny and the racism that goes along with that. Nobody gets all the pieces of the pie. Weddings are saturated in romantic expectations. Social media is saturated in the perfect pictures of couples showing off. Movies are about the beginnings or the ends of relationships, not the work of the messy middles. I want to do a research study on the divorce rate for couples that either get married in Disneyland or honeymoon there without children. I only have a sample of one, but sure enough, they're divorced. I would bet it is 70 to 75 percent 
instead of the cultural 50%. Because Disneyland is all about fantasy. High expectations are about pretending you can have it all. Contentment requires low expectations. Let me repeat that. Contentment requires lower expectations. Contentment requires not taking the easy way out. Understanding that relationships require work. Relationships require sacrifice and doing things you don't want to do for the other person. Contentment requires knowing there is real work to do to build an infrastructure that accounts for the differences in both people. Contentment means figuring out how to talk about hard things, the things you deflect and avoid because you don't want to hurt the other person. You have to give the people you love a reality check. I had a client who was laid off and didn't have particular skills that would easily translate in the job market. And I cautioned her it might take more than a year, which it did. I wanted her to be prepared for a more difficult reality than she expected because I cared about her. Reality matters. We need to be happy and live within our means. It is sometimes harder to bring up the word budget to a couple than to ask them about their sex life. Stuff isn't really the answer. A small example from my own life is that I found an entire box of jewelry that got misplaced when we moved. I picked out two pieces and really enjoyed passing the rest on to my daughter, my best friend since 10th grade, and my daughter-in-law. It was more fun to be free of it and make someone else happy, seeing the smiles of pleasure on their faces instead of waiting to be dead when, of course, I wouldn't be able to see their pleasure. Contentment requires that you solve the puzzle of how to have zest in your own life as an individual, not just as a couple or a family. It's hard to juggle all three things. Fun as a family, fun as a couple, fun for yourself. How do you solve what makes you tick? The more of an individual you are, the more likely it will be that your partnership works. You do have to solve individual contentment, not hide out in taking care of everybody else. You can enjoy taking care of everybody else, but you need the balance of individual contentment as well. Find out how your life is worth living, separate from your partner or your kids, and I guarantee you will have a more interesting relationship. Contentment requires acceptance. Do you really need a new car to be happy? The income for happiness is 70000 I learned at Chautauqua at a lecture. They also researched the wealthy, and across the board, the wealthy always felt they needed more money to be happy. I think contentment can require being creative. My friend Linda Wallen has built mosaic walls all over our neighborhood, and it's so delightful to stumble into them. Her efforts have made many of us happy in our working class part of Pittsburgh. Everybody is a fingerprint. 
and has to solve what equation of efforts brings you satisfaction. But it can't be all about accumulation. Contentment can often be a gift of aging well, but it's not exclusive. Aging offers the gift of accepting the pieces you didn't get and gratitude for the pieces you do get. The research says gratitude experienced every day can lead to greater contentment. Think about those you may be grateful to and consider reaching out and saying something. I've always been lucky that it's natural for me to experience a lot of gratitude. Many years ago, I saw an old professor sitting at a Middle Eastern restaurant, and I decided to go up to him and say thank you, even though I knew he was also a jerk. It was very obvious when he lectured in class. But he had given me the opportunity to learn to be a client. And as I, in my stoic German self, was not interested in getting help. And he said to our class, you can't be a therapist unless you've been a client. And that helped me decide to do it for a project. That was the reason, so that I could begin by asking for help, which was something that was very hard for me to do. And it changed my entire life. It was such a gift that he greased the wheels, so to speak, to allow that to happen. So I went up to him and I let him know how much I appreciated that and how much it had changed my life. Later, when I got home, I saw that he had been busted for $80,000 worth of fraud to Blue Cross Blue Shield. And what was so cool was that his son had been eating dinner with him. And my gratitude helped him, his son appreciate the whole of who he was, not simply just a jerk or a um, cheater. And that made it worth it. That was entirely a lovely moment that I have never forgotten. I love that I carry a lot of gratitude inside of me. Contentment requires knowing more about who you are and what works for you uniquely. I've listened to many people in my office who got promoted into jobs they grow to hate. Sometimes contentment might mean staying where you are, making less money, and saying no to a promotion. Knowing what means a lot to you is crucial to contentment. I don't make any money with my podcasts, videos, or websites. My friend Linda makes no money from putting mosaic pigeons all over our neighborhood. What's important is trying in my own way to make the world better. That is satisfying. Knowing no one escapes the messiness of life and accepting that suffering is a part of it leads to greater contentment. My challenge for you today, number one, ask yourself, do you accept your own humanity and dark side? If you do, this will help you accept your partner's dark side. Two, 
A homework to develop more gratitude within might be to write down once a week or once a day something you are grateful for. And it's something you can do with your partner. Number three, sit down with your partner and have an honest look at your finances. Do you both live within your means? Do your financial priorities mesh? Number four, when was the last time you sacrificed or did something you didn't want to do for your relationship health? Number five, do either of you volunteer? Do you do more than write checks? Helping others can lead to greater contentment. I'm going to give a shout out to 412 Food Rescue here in Pittsburgh, which gets extra food from restaurants and farms to people in need. There is even an app for your phone to do something immediately if you have time that you can respond to. My next episode will be in February, and you will learn how people-pleasing kills trust in relationships. Well, folks, you're not going to be able to keep this show your best-kept secret for much longer. In fact, go ahead and take a moment to make a list of your favorite podcasts. Put today's date on it and post it somewhere online for all the world to see. I'd love to be on that list. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to What Healthy Couples Know That You Don't. If you have enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes and help get the word out. To learn more or connect with Rhoda, visit therapyideas.net.